0: Hi everyone, welcome to Baby Steps Nutrition, a podcast that focuses on nutrition, health and wellness for families of children of all ages and stages. I'm your host, Argivon Neil fourouge a pediatric dietitian and mom of two young children. My goal is to bring you impactful information that you can apply every day in a simplified, practical form to make life easier. Now let's get into today's conversation. The idea of potty training for many caregivers can bring up mixed emotions. Initially, there can be excitement, which can quickly fade to frustration and defeat. So what's a caregiver to do? Rebecca Lampert is a certified potty training consultant and the founder of Two Peas in a Potty. She understands that no two children are alike and works with caregivers to create a personalized approach. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: This is a topic that I've wanted to cover for so long because as you and I both know, every family goes through it, but of course there are so many different factors that profoundly affect the potty training experience for
1: both the child and the caregiver mm-hmm and there's lots of different information out there it but it yeah it's a tough one it's a big milestone for kids and it's the first time they're really getting control or they're getting control and it's a lot of parents struggle with it And a lot of kids struggle with it
0: yes and my kids are out of that phase but when I was thinking about our conversation, there were definitely some things that were going through in my mind, so I fully empathize with families that are out there. Things that are supposed to feel so natural and easy and just a common part of development can be so frustrating and overwhelming,
1: so I think this is why it's important to have these conversations. I agree, yeah, and there's a lot of pressure from others too, from society, from family members, from friends, um, just lots of pressure out there. Totally. And this is why I say, and
0: and people may argue, but I really feel like parenting in this day and age is harder than it's ever been before because I almost feel like there's too much information out there and we have to filter through so much of the noise to figure out what actually works for us.
1: And I really yeah. think that's such a big challenge. Mm-hmm. It's true, especially with the internet uh, And everything being so accessible you can just uh, type something into google and all of a sudden you get all these different websites all this information um and it's just overwhelming and it's not just potty training it's sleep it's food it's everything there's just lots of information that you're thrown at when you're a parent
0: totally and i'm hoping one of the goals of this uh, interview this conversation is to really empower the families By just giving them information, and they can use it as they like to tailor it to their own family-specific needs. So I'm excited to talk to you.
1: (laughs) I'm excited to share all I can.
0: Um, Rebecca, I wanted to go and start with your background. You've worked with many children in a variety of settings, and we know that no two families are alike. Why did you choose potty training in particular to focus
1: on? So I used to be a child and youth worker uh, many years ago. However, I decided I wanted to take a break from that, um, from working with kids, and I ended up going into the travel field. And so I've been working in the travel field for about seven years now. Um, But at the same time, I always thought about getting back into working with kids because I really enjoy it. Um, Especially now having kids of my own, I have a different perspective than I did many years ago when I was working with the kids. so at the beginning of COVID, I was taking some additional time off from work because we didn't have childcare for my daughter. And I started looking at ways that I could work with kids while being home with her. And um, I noticed that there was lots of sleep consultants out there. But potty training is really the next milestone. And there wasn't many people out there that were potty training consultants. So I started researching more and more. And. Um, and I just I decided it looked interesting. It's something my daughter was going to be doing at some point soon. And so I thought it might be a good fit. And I wanted the parents to have support for that. So I thought I could step in and fill the void.
0: Mm-hmm. And of all the parenting blogs I read, of all the comments related to parenting that I read, I have to say that potty training is one where I feel there are so many different experiences and opinions and judgment sometimes too. So I can understand if someone's going to the internet like you initially mentioned for advice or support,
1: you may often get the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. It's true. And even if you go onto a Facebook group, um, some of the mom groups, and you ask a question in there, you, you can have tons of people responding with information and everyone could be giving their own opinion, what worked for their family, what didn't work for their family. And it might not even be just like information you need, but it also might even just scare you, make things worse. And uh, when you're, you haven't started potty training, so they might scare you off a little bit.
0: Yes. And getting like 125 different responses of read this and do this. And I did this and right. And I feel overwhelmed just reading it. And I'm not even in that stage myself. I mean, I was there,
1: but uh, it's, it's, it's too much really yeah, it's, it's a lot. And, um, I mean, but some people just don't know where else to go for that advice. And so that's where they turn, but yeah, it's, it, it gets overwhelming.
0: Yes. Um, you mentioned you are a mom of two little girls and it's amazing how everything in our life, our perspective, our frame of reference changes when we become parents. Um, what have you learned from being a mom and how do you think your advice speaking with other families, Reflects that personal journey.
1: So one of the main things that I've learned, which we already have discussed, but that everyone wants to give you advice, whether it's Mm -hmm. sleep, it's food, it's potty training. Um, eventually it'll be like the teen years, just everything. Just everyone wants to give their advice, and you need, but you need to really pick and choose what works best for you and your family. Um, and that's when I talk to families about starting to potty train. I always say that what you want potty training to be part of your life you don't want it to take over your life yes the first few days you might have to stay home and really work on it but eventually you're going to be able to go out you're not going to be staying home forever so yeah you really just want it to work be part of your life and you shouldn't compare how your little one is doing compared to others their age or just others in general every child is different and this is why I work with families to customize what works best for them
0: you brought up a good word comparison and I'm glad that you did. So speaking on that, don't compare
1: yourself to other people.
0: Yes, as hard because, as that is.
1: Yes, everyone is different and even when you have more than one child, they're different too. So you really can't compare their experiences whether it be potty training, whether it be anything. It it just all children are different. Um and so a little bit of a story is I ha- when I was potty training my own daughter, um I th- like I just, I was able to learn so much. So I started training her just as I was beginning my business. And um, we started training her one week, one long weekend. And she was showing some success, but not like a ton, but she was doing okay. Um, but then we sent her back to daycare and she started to regress. And so I wanted to push through because I felt like she should be able to do this. I should be able to help her through this. However, I knew that our best option was just stopping and taking, doing a reset. So we waited another month or so before we tried again. And it was from the time we stopped to the time we started again, it was just night and day. Um, she was able to pick up on it much better. And even when she went back to daycare, she did keep it up. So it was not smooth sailing every day, but I know that we made the best decision for her, and the results paid off. And I like to tell families that story, some, um, just so they know that even me as a potty training like it, an expert, I things aren't always smooth sailing for my family, for my daughter. Just every everyone's different, and you just really gotta customize to what works best with them.
0: Yeah. And Rebecca, I had a very similar experience with my youngest in that daycare required him to be potty trained. And I know that's something a lot of people deal with and have to deal with. And we'll kind of get into that as well. And I was really nervous because I didn't quite feel he was ready, but I knew in terms of a deadline that it was looming. And so I did try to push with full speed ahead, but my son being who he is and being my greatest teacher pushed back. (laughs) And there was a lot of resistance, a lot of accidents. And I remember feeling so frustrated and defeated and really beating myself up over the fact that I couldn't get him to be potty trained. And that's when it brought me to my knees. And I thought, you know what, what if I go the other way? What if I just take a week and just let him lead and give him the space and the time to for both of us to be relaxed and maybe it was miracle. Maybe it was meant to be that way, but he definitely picked up on his cues a lot better. And from there it wasn't, it's never going to be perfect, right? As we know, but he definitely started to make small steps moving forward rather than these huge episodes of just anger and frustration and frequent accidents, which were so frustrating for me. So Sometimes we got to let them lead and listen to their cues, but also I understand that not everybody has a luxury of time and some people feel you know really pressured to have their child be potty trained because they won't be able to have childcare um, otherwise. What is kind of your advice for those families? I know that could be really tricky too if you feel like there's a deadline.
1: If you know you have a deadline coming, don't wait till it's too close before the deadline um, because you don't want to have as much pressure. I mean, sometimes you don't have a choice, but if you can give yourself at least a month, if not even lo- a little bit longer than that, uh, try as much as you can um, to let the, to not have that deadline. But as well, you, you the children are learning control. This is really the first thing that they have the control over. Um, cause so I, if you can give them some of that control in other ways. So if they can choose where, um, what kind of potty they have or a potty seat, or even where the potty is going to be, you can, as well, you can also let them choose their underwear, um, just little things that you can give them control over to help make it a little bit of a smoother, um, road. Mm,
0: and what age do you typically work with clients? I know it could be a little bit younger, a little bit older, but sort of on average, what's that age that people are looking to start potty training their child?
1: So Most children are ready to start training between 22 to 32 months. the sweet spot's usually around the two-year mark, so 24 months, um, but it, it depends on the child. Uh, you can train when they're younger, but sometimes it just takes a little bit longer for them to be trained. And I mean, when you they're older than that 32 mark, you're really going to most likely start seeing more resistance because they're really coming into their own personalities and mm-hmm. they have m- opinions and they have the control. So that's when you see you start the resistance and more of the power struggles and the issues. So really between, if you can, between that two to three-year-old mark, um, but not all kids are ready at that time. And some are ready a little bit earlier. And what are some of those signs
0: of readiness that parents can look for that may tell them that they can start the process?
1: Uh, some of the signs are that they're they're showing an interest in the potty, um, that they're staying dry for about two hours at least during the day at a, at a time, um, that they're aware that they're peeing and pooping um, and just they, As well, you also want to make sure that you as a parent are are ready because your child might be ready, but it might not be a great time for you. So if you have a big milestone coming up, uh, maybe you're moving, maybe there's a new sibling coming, you don't want to start potty training. And while you don't want to wait forever, you do want to give it a bit of space because otherwise um, there will be resistance there.
0: Mm -hmm. And if they've started potty training and those major changes in their life happen can we expect to see a regression? Is that normal or typical? It
1: is usually most likely you will see a regression. Um, And the best way to work through that is uh, just being consistent with what you're doing. And if you really do see a lot of resistance and you're seeing a lot of um, pushback, you might have to take a break and then start again um, from the beginning. Okay, great.
0: And then so we talked about all of this information online, right? This overwhelm of advice also from just people close to us, well-meaning friends and families. What are some myths about potty training that you really want families
1: to know? Um, some of the myths, there's lots of them. I could probably sit here all day and talk about <laughs> <laughs> some of the myths. Um, but one of the myths is pull-ups. You shouldn't be using pull-ups Um for potty training, well, besides naps and nighttime. But uh, some people think that using pull-ups during the day is helpful with potty training, but it actually could hinder the success. And I know daycare is a whole other issue, but in general, I'm talking about being at home, uh, you shouldn't be using pull-ups during the day besides sleep time. Um, Another one is that there's no correct age for potty training. Some little ones might be ready a little bit, earlier and some will be a little bit later. And as we discussed, usually they're ready between the 22 to 32 mark, uh, eight months of age mark. But I mean, all kids are different. So there's no correct age is what I'm getting at. Um, Another myth is that boys are harder to train than girls, which is not true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Everyone is different and learns at their own pace. And you might have two daughters and they could be completely different or the same with two sons, uh, just it, each child is different and you should treat each individual each child individually when you are potty training. Um, another myth is that potty training will take just two days. and while most kids do show uh, success after two three to four days or so, sometimes it does take a bit longer. So most likely your little one won't be trained within two days. And the last myth I'll talk about is that potty training is smooth sailing. And we'll, and this is not true. While your little one might pick up on it fairly quickly, there most likely will be some bumps in the road along the way. And that might not be right away, but that might be a couple weeks down the road.
0: Mm, and what about things like, so those bumps along the way? So like, mm-hmm. for example, bed bedwetting or puddling or withholding pee or poop. I know that's a huge one. So a lot of kids that deal and struggle with constipation or frequent accidents, sort of how, how does a family know whether it's more an emotional versus a physical issue and when they should seek professional support such as
1: yourself? So when it comes to withholding, especially poop uh, and constipation, I always recommend that families check in with their doctor as I don't have medical experience. And so I always get them to check out that angle first before I work with them and before I gather more information. Usually, though, it is for the most part, it is more uh, behavioral, but you never know. And that's why I do recommend that they check in with their doctor first.
0: Mm hmm. Yes. And as a pediatric dietitian, oftentimes we think it's diet, but like you said, it is behavioral. So Mm -hmm. unless we can change that, then unfortunately the constipation just gets worse over time. And when the toddler feels uncomfortable, when they're going to the bathroom, then they're more likely to withhold pee, especially poop. And then, you know, they have to be on all kinds of medication. And so the condition Mm -hmm. just continues to worsen.
1: Right. It's a cycle, right? They withhold uh, the poop or sometimes the P2, but they withhold and then it becomes constipated. They become constipated and it's just like, it's a circle. It, it's a not a never ending circle. Yeah. And so that's why I do recommend that they check in with their doctors. Totally.
0: And so let's talk about the sort of the hot topic, the top do's and don'ts
1: about potty training. Let's start with the do's. Okay, some of the do's is you want to look for the signs of readiness before you begin. Uh, so we did t- discuss those, but uh, showing an interest in the potty, you want to uh, make sure that they're staying dry for about two, or usually, it, they can usually stay two to three hours at a time. Um, just even showing awareness when they're peeing and pooping. Most little ones follow us to the bathroom anyways. Some of them mm-hmm. start asking questions. <laughs> we, we don't usually get to go by ourselves when we have little ones that age. Um... But that's good, too, because they're learning from what you and they're showing interest um, as well. You want to make sure that you as a parent are ready to take this on. While you don't want it to take o- potty training to take over your life, you do want it to be part of your life and it it will be a big part. It's a big change. And yes, the potty, tra- the training part is only a little bit, but the, it, the whole experience is a lifetime um, as well. If you are going to use the rewards, you want to use something that they can't get on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the, And rewards do not have to be food. It can be an experience. It could be spending time with a parent. It could be going to the park, a favorite TV show uh, for a kid that might not get a lot of screen time. It could be a variety of things. And as well, some people don't want to use rewards and that's okay as well. You need yeah. to do what's best for your family.
0: Totally. And what about you've created this home environment that you know, motivates your child to use the restroom. But we know a lot of the times families need to be out and about. I know that's something that was tricky for me. Like, are there ways we can recreate that same, not exactly the same, but at least a more positive and inviting environment when they're not at home to continue to motivate them
1: to use the body? Um, if you are going to be using rewards, you can bring something small with you uh, when you go out as well. You, I would suggest bringing a travel potty or a travel seat or something that you can use when they're out. So they're, um, we, the big toilets are usually at the beginning scary to the little ones. Um, they're big and it's a change. And usually it's pretty loud in the bathroom. So just having something um, that they can use is helpful. And just... Anything that you can bring from home, um, you might want to bring if you can bring like a book uh, that you read when you're on the potty. Just, and j- just try and make it a positive experience. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: and that's one of the sweetest images
0: that I still see is when I see the back of the trunk open and there's a little <laughs> child that's sitting on the potty and chatting away. And I've been there as that caregiver where you're just rushed and you need to get through it and they're just taking their time. But for me, it's just such a, it's just such a lovely thing to watch because they're just present doing their thing. Um, and it's so cute because they're often chatting or reading a book. Actually, speaking of books, are there ones that you love that um, I love these little board books that kids can sit with that also empower them to use the potty? I mean, gosh, there's so many of them, but do you have favorites of yours?
1: um, There's lots of them out there. There's so many. Um, There's some Elmo ones that are great. Um, If you're okay with it, there's uh, some of the shows like Daniel Tiger or Coco. I love that one. Yeah. The Daniel Tiger has a great episode on potty training. So um, putting on something like that for your little one to watch, and it doesn't mean having it on constantly, but it just show, show them. You want, to, you want them to be prepared before you start potty training. So anything that you can do, uh, just like reading books, um, getting potty, getting underwear for them when they're ready, just even talking about potty training, just anything that you can do to prepare them to make it a positive experience for them.
0: Yes, and a list of books and the Daniel Tiger link, like any of those that are most helpful for families, I'd love to include a link in the show notes so that our listeners can go and access it. Okay, I can send you some. Wonderful. And so as we were kind of talking, you know, the difference between an emotional versus a physical cause. Um, so as you mentioned, like if it's something that doesn't seem right or feel right to the families, it's best to bring that up with
1: a pediatrician. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I always recommend checking in with your pediatrician first. You know, ne- you never know. Um, sometimes you might not think that they're constipated, but they might be. And so just, you, you never know. And usually it, d- it turns out that it's, everything's fine, but it doesn't hurt to check in just to make sure.
0: Yes. And what's wonderful about parenting now is that there are professionals like you and services that are available. So if you feel like you're not best supported by the current setup that you have, there are definitely people that you can find that are a good fit for you that will support you in your journey. Right, exactly. Um, And Rebecca, as we know, uh, potty training, the knowledge to practice has Changed over the generations, right? Like how what you and I experienced, our parents, grandparents, versus where things are now. How have they sort of changed, in your
1: opinion, and where do you see it going? Um, so it was very different in the past. Uh, parents used cloth diapers on little ones to help train them earlier, and it was very parent-led. Um, now we look for signs in our little ones, so we look for like signs of readiness. That they're starting to be ready for potty training and we work with them to develop these skills so it's kind of right now more of a it's a mix it's a combo between parent-led and child-led because um you want to help them along but you also want them to show those signs of readiness so it's 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 a combo and we're as well you're looking for cues in them that they When they are party training opposed to putting them on the potty at set times. so you don't want to be putting them on the potty every 15 minutes 30 minutes because most kids don't pee that often so you want to be looking for the cues that they are peeing and usually that happens when they're kind of dancing around or holding themselves Um, you'll start to notice what your kids cues are fairly quickly Um, and I think potty training is headed to more of a child led approach as more and more parents are waiting for their children to take the lead.
0: Mm -hmm. And what about in terms of like tips and strategies for the day in terms of like liquid intake, um, time spent on the potty before you kind of move them onto the next activity, leaving the house, coming back home, bedtime, what does sort of like an ideal day look like for families
1: or a goal to work towards? So you want them to, most of the time I tell parents to work uh, potty training into the routine, for example, at like specific times. So that would be um, when you're leaving the house, you always, you can have it included in the routine. So you put on your shoes and you put on your hat and you you go pee, uh, depending on the season. And then as well at other times can be like first thing in the morning, you can get them to try and at nighttime, you can get them to try. And also another big one is if they're do- going to be doing a favorite activity. So sometimes, you know, those activities that your children have that are their favorite and nothing can get, disturb them when they're doing it. It could be doing arts and crafts or playing outside or watching a show. And um, you really want them to try to go before that because usually they won't stop to go. So that'll help if you just work it in and say, oh, before you watch your show, you're going to go pee. or um, but really, when you're home, you want them to be able to eventually initiate, self-initiate the, going to the bathroom. So this doesn't happen for a couple weeks. So at the beginning, you're going to really have to watch for their cues. But eventually, they should be able to identify their cues and self-initiate to go on their own. Love that. And what about some
0: words of wisdom for caregivers that are in the thick of it? They're just feeling like... This stage is going to last forever and I'm never going to be able to get out of it. And gosh, there's one more accident I have to clean up. What's your words of wisdom advice for them?
1: Even though accidents are not fun for us, it they are learning experiences for our little ones. So you should take each one as a learning experience. And eventually there will be less of them um, or less frequent, I should say, because there might not always, but for the first while, you will probably see some off and on. Um, but you just want to be your child's number one cheerleader. As frustrating as it is for you, you got to think about how frustrating it is for them. They're trying to learn. Your team they've all they've known before was that they pee and poo in their diaper. And now you've taken away that diaper and you're expecting them to go in the potty. So you need to really have patience and a big smile on your face. And you can yell and scream as much as you want Mm -hmm. when they are sleeping or they're not around. But when you're with them, you need to be 100% on and positive, very, very positive.
0: Yes. And isn't that interesting how that applies to every aspect of toddler development? Like I was just (laughs) thinking in terms of nutrition, right? So families will say, oh, my kid's so picky and he's so, or she's so resistant. And I say, but isn't it amazing? Like the minute we take a deep breath, or at least they don't see us cringing and holding our breath and feeling tension, that they're relaxed when we're relaxed. And this applies to potty training as well.
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. You want to be relaxed because they will sense that tension, and that's when, yeah, that's when you start getting the resistance. But it's, yeah, it's true. It's with everything toward. With to- toddlers are smart, right? They, yes. they are, <laughs> they are learning, and they learn very quickly. So they know if you say no, they're gonna do it anyways, or if you're upset, they're gonna keep pushing. So yeah, you really, you got to be you got to watch what you do and say around them, not just for potty training for everything.
0: Yes, and this goes back to that personality that you mentioned, which I learned with my own kids. Like If they are strong-willed and stubborn by nature, then almost everything in their development is going to reflect that. And so potty training, especially like we mentioned nutrition too, anything that they can have control over, that will be the behavior. So Mm -hmm. definitely something for families to be aware of that – if you feel like it's just your child and no one else's, it could really just be the personality of your child, right? It's just how they're born. And
1: so we right. just almost have to work with that. Yeah, and you don't want to get into power struggles with them because you will not win. Uh, you want, the, you yeah. want to be on the same team as, as them and let them know it's you and them against the pee and the poo. Yeah. Um, you want them to know that you're on their team and you're in this with them and you're ready to tackle it together.
0: Yeah. And I laughed, but in the moment I remember I had cried because as I tell families, like with power struggles, if your child wants, they can bring you to your knees, right? It's amazing. Like we can have this tough exterior with other people, but our children just know, like if they push and push, eventually they'll, we-
1: they'll wear us down. Yeah. And they're, we're the ones that they push because they have the, that close relationship with us. So they, they know how to push our buttons and they are don't they don't do it to others they do it to us as par- their parents.
0: Yeah and it is really a game changer in your relationship with your child and that whole concept of you know mutual respect is first and foremost starts with being calm and having compassion for yourself mm-hmm. and knowing like it, it is a stage and there are different stages and just understanding where your child is at and that
1: like, you're learning too. Right, and you don't want to set um un- have unrealistic expectations because um while, yes while some kids might take a day or two to like start showing some success others might not show it for three or four days so uh, don't compare yourselves which we we have brought up a couple times but that's a big one uh, don't compare yourselves to others
0: yeah and the power of community right because we know parenting is so hard in itself. But if you can surround yourself with others who are going through the same thing, knowing you're not alone, but there are definitely resources and compassion and support out there, then it really just makes your whole, I mean, it's a journey so much different.
1: Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's true. And while once they get from one, the toddler stage, then there's the there's more and more stages. So it's a long journey. So you definitely want to have support out there.
0: Yes. And you did mention, you know, expectations, which is so important. I know as parents, we have them for ourselves. We have them for our partners, for our kids, but yes, every child is different. So like siblings are different. So not to have those same expectations with each of your children, because they're not the same.
1: Mm -hmm, Exactly.
0: Rebecca, where can our listeners find out more about
1: you? You can find me on Instagram at two peas in a potty uh, spelled TWO, as well as my website, uh, uh You can also email me at Rebecca at Wonderful. And you also
0: offer workshops and masterclass for families. So lots of great information there as well.
1: Right. Yeah. I offer uh, classes and I offer one, I do one on one packages where I work with clients uh, worldwide virtually. And as well as I have a handbook, which is more a DIY approach, uh, but covers everything from start to finish when you're potty training.
0: Awesome. So you're easy to find. Uh, Rebecca, I want to thank you so much for being here to support the caregivers so that they can support their child during an overwhelming stage. Thank you for having me. And while we know it's common to cycle through these emotions, we just hope that today's episode encourages caregivers to really hold space for themselves. Because as we mentioned, we are all learning each and every day. Yes,
1: that's true. That's what being a parent is. You learn You learn every day.
0: And lots of resources and helpful links that we will provide for all the listeners. So be sure to look for those in the episode show notes. And thank you to all of you for tuning in. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Baby Steps Nutrition Podcast with your host, Argavan neal We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into all the tips and tricks you and your family can use to make daily life a little easier. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please leave a rating and review, share with others, and follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Baby Steps Nutrition Podcast. As always, you can head over to babystepsnutrition.com to sign up for our email list, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. See you next time, tune in, feel great.